you for being here. So I'm going to spend about the next 15 minutes or so bringing up the topic, which is, which actually came out of our sessions. It is what we need to question as leaders. And the, one of the reasons why I brought it up is because, I mean, we, we see this everywhere. The amazing leaders that we have around the world, which disappoint almost everybody <laughs> every day to some extent. But also as we go on this journey of trying to build ourselves or trying to connect with a deeper part of ourselves, one of the things that we don't realize is as we connect deeper and deeper, as we connect to a better version of ourselves or an ideal version of ourselves or a deeper version of ourselves, the natural consequence of that is leadership. So we've all been taught, oh, leaders were intentional leaders. A lot of leaders fell into the position because they had to take charge. They had to take responsibility for something that wasn't being handled very well. There's so many incredible stories. I and mean, if you go back to one that I forget his name, but, but the whole model for leadership, even if you study the Roman history, you find out is that the greatest Roman general was a guy who was a far farmer. But when it came time to protect Rome, he just took up arms and he led the army towards somewhere and protected Rome. And, and after it was done, he handed it over and he went back to his farming. And that became the model for a lot of leaders later on. The lesson in there is that a lot of leaders who are leaders, they didn't choose to be, oh, let me lead these people. They fell into that responsibility just by the work that they had done, just because they started noticing things that others hadn't noticed. And for me, it was exactly the same way in my family, in my community, as I kept looking around, it's like, why isn't anybody taking responsibility? These people are calling themselves leaders. They are in that position, but they're not doing anything. And I've shared this enough times, like I've watched in my community for like three decades, how much of damage irresponsible and neglectful leaders can have. So then where does that leave us? And that's where our legacy comes in. What kind of legacy are we leaving behind for our family, for our community, for the rest of the world? Like it or not, we are the leaders in this world. And it, it might be a point of, oh, he's being arrogant or I'm being arrogant if I admit that. No, it is you're taking up your responsibility. You're owning your own responsibility. And if you are even taking care of yourself or your family, you're a leader already. But I bet anybody who's in this group is doing much more. That's why you're here, because you've done all that work. So let's go towards what a leader needs to be questioning. So one of the reasons why I even brought up the, the con, like, look at the leaders around the world, what's happening. It doesn't matter which area you pick them from, the science, from politics, from philosophy, in, in public service, any field that you go to, you will find that there is a huge problem. The problem is not necessarily expertise, it's not knowledge, it's not technology, it's not lack of solution finding or guidance or any of that stuff. Or even like as, as you look at it more and more, you find that leaders don't know themselves. What they're modeling is something that they've been given. And a lot of them might be well-meaning, to be honest. They might believe what they're doing, but are they aware of what they're doing is the question. And this is where the first part of this I want you to think about, and this came up in our session last time too, is our outlook. This is where the questioning process comes in. 
why I talk about it, like what should leaders question in themselves in the world? The first, it starts with us. And why is outlook important? What is outlook? And I talked about it a little bit. It's how we see ourselves, how we see the world, how we see others around us, and how we see the world at large. And what is that based on? Well, you can bet that your outlook is mostly based on the environment that you were brought up in. Now, that environment comes with its positive and negative. You have no way of discerning. None of us have any way of discerning what the positive and negative is. Some of it, we get that information from our environment, the knowledge piece, the expertise piece. But a lot of it comes from our internal awareness. And that's where we go towards questioning three of the most important things. And this is going to start to connect more and more in your own life, our own thoughts. Why do we question them? Where do they come from? The thoughts that we think, where do they come from? And then think about the emotions. The emotions that we feel, they, many of them come from the thoughts that we think. Others come from the experiences that we've had, watching our parents, watching other people react a certain way. Are they really your emotions? And then that goes towards our behavior. And this is where things get very complicated as we start to look at it. And we're always like, when you talk to an average person, they're like, they're always complaining about leaders in the world, whether it's in politics or somewhere else. And they always think about the expertise piece. Are they really an expert? I don't care how much external knowledge somebody has. If they haven't looked inside and managed their own thoughts and emotions, if they haven't looked inside, traced back what they're influenced by, and if that's positive or negative, they're going to take that knowledge and use it in an incredibly destructive way, even if they mean well. And this is where things become crazy, because how do we know what these leaders are doing? How do we know what we're doing half the time? And if you've been on this path for a little bit, you know that a lot of the thoughts that you think you used to think in the past, they were incredibly destructive for you and for others around you. Now, imagine if it's a leader making decisions for the rest of the world and they haven't managed their own personal stuff and their own family stuff. And they go out in the world and start making decisions for others. And they start making it based on their own fearful thoughts. They start making it based on their own fearful emotions, and they're not even aware of it half the time. And to them, it looks legitimate. Oh, I'm talking about objective perspective. Oh, we're talking about science. Is it really science? Or is it the interpretation of that science? Is it really religion? Or is it that interpretation of religion? Is it really history? Or is it the interpretation of that history? Is it being looked at from a lens? And that lens could really be fear. That lens might come off as, I care about you, but it might not be that. And the reason I love this topic and I'm very passionate about this is because it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's not just about some other leader in the world. It's about the future of this world. It's the future of your kids. It's the future of whoever we leave behind. It's our legacy. My worst nightmare would be is if I'm sitting there in my 60s or 50s or 70s and my daughters come up to me and they're like, what did you do? What was your part? 
Why didn't you question this? Why did you let this person think this? Why didn't anybody from your generation do this? I actually questioned that quite a bit in my parents, in my grandparents. Why didn't they? And a lot of times they don't have answers. I think that that is the basic frame of this is as leaders, we need to be incredibly aware of our own outlook. And we're going to make mistakes, by the way. So none of this means that, oh, you need to become perfect on your outlook. That's not the point. It means being aware that as human beings, we fall down, we make mistakes. And a big part of leadership is admitting those mistakes. And we don't see that either a lot of times. And realizing that we need other people to collaborate with. We need to see multiple perspectives in something. We need to bring together ideas and perspectives from other people, other parts of the world. We need to sit together and have a dialogue and not attack each other. Just look at the basis of attacking each other. What is that based on? Why do people attack another person's ideas or perspective? Not debate, attack. And if you follow it, you find that you will find fear in that person. They're afraid of something. If you trace the last time you felt like attacking somebody, you'll find that there's fear in you. How do you manage that?